Do you have a need for speed? Whether you want to improve your race time or just have fun, the Run Marana series has something for everyone. Choose your challenge and sign up for one of the five races held throughout the year. Visit moranaaz.gov run to sign up. Your speed, your run, your town. Are you ready to accept the Dine and Discover Marana local summer challenge? Support local food and beverage businesses, including restaurants, cafes, food trucks, and more. Track your trips on the challenge card and visit the Marana Visitors Center to earn exclusive Marana merch you'll be proud to wear. What better way to show community pride and support for local businesses? For more information, visit discovermarana.org. Challenge cards will be accepted through August or while supplies last. This program is brought to you by the Marana Chamber of Commerce in partnership with Discover Marana. Welcome to Real Talk with the Town, where I sit down with the Marana staff to answer your burning questions about our beautiful community. My name is Terry Rosema, and I'm the town manager for the town, so let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Real Talk with the Town. My name is Terry, and I am your host, and today we're going to be talking about community facilities districts. I know that sounds fascinating. And I think it actually will be of great interest to our residents, and we're going to get into that in a little bit here. But before that, I want to introduce our guest who's in the studio with us today, Eric Montague. Eric, say hi to our listeners for us. Good morning, everybody. All right, Eric, what is it you do for the town here? Uh, my, my current role is Deputy Town Manager for the town. Okay, and how long have you been with the town? I've been with the town for 16 and a half years. 16 and a half, and a good share of that, uh, you served as our finance director. Of the two jobs, which one is your favorite? Definitely deputy town manager. <laughs> Definitely. A little bit more varied uh, in terms of day-to-day tasks and responsibilities, I guess? Absolutely. A yeah. day in the life, uh, every, every day is a, is a new challenge and a new opportunity. Oh, so. fa- fantastic. So we always do an icebreaker, uh, Eric, and I was kind of... Uh, thinking about uh, you know uh, your your love of the outdoors, but then you, I, I think you you actually have a joke for us for our listeners. Uh, let's hear it. Lay it on me. I do, and and we need to take this with a grain of salt. This is coming from a recovering uh, accountant, and <laughs> and uh, why was the accountant so excited to complete a jigsaw puzzle in twenty nine weeks? I I don't know. Because the box said 8 to 12 years. Okay. <laughs> Accounting sense of humor. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, to do it in 29 weeks when it's said 8 to 12 years. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. All right. Well, Eric, um, I think you are probably, if not the go-to guy when it comes to CFTs, certainly one of the top two or three in the entire organization here. Uh, you've had a lot of experience with these, and when we talk about CFDs, we're talking about community facilities districts. And uh, this whole show is prompted by a really great question that came from one of our listeners. And I'm going to go ahead and read this because I think it's really well stated, and, and the questions are uh, succinct and um, right on point. And it says, many Moran residents are moving to Saguaro Bloom and Gladden Farms. The subject of the community facilities districts have come up in my neighborhood, and the topic is confusing 
other than that we know there's a CFD charge on our property tax bill. How was this tax established, and can it go up? Can it go down? How long is the CFD agreement with the town? 20 years? 25? 40 years? Many residents aren't familiar with this type of taxing district and how it functions. Thank you. So, Eric, let's just start off by what in the heck is a CFD, a Community Facilities District? A Community Facilities District is a special purpose district. And you may say, Eric, well, that's a great explanation <laughs> out of a public finance textbook. But, you know, what, what does that mean? Um, it's a special purpose taxing district, and its purpose is to basically uh, generate revenues that are required to pay for public infrastructure that residents within that development benefit from. Um, so individuals within that district are solely responsible uh, for the debt that is issued to pay for that public infrastructure. Okay, so let's let's take a step back here. And when you say within that district, so give me an example of a district that's within our community that has a community facilities district. Great question. So we currently have three, um, two main ones, but basically three. So we have Gladden Farms Community Facilities District. Mm -hmm. um, it's our most seasoned district. It started in the early 2000s. Um, and we also have Saguaro Springs Community Facilities District, where that's where Saguaro Bloom development resides in. Okay. And for our listeners who don't know, uh, Saguaro Bloom used to be Saguaro Springs, and that's how the CFD was established. And then Saguaro Springs went belly up on, uh, during the, the big recession and then uh, was regenerated and reborn as Saguaro Bloom. So those are two pretty big uh, communities, pretty big neighborhoods, and they are under a CFD. What's the third? Uh, well, Gladden is broken within two phases. So Gladden Phase 1, Gladden Phase 2, but it's generally called the Gladden Community Facilities Districts, but they're two separate districts. Okay. So those are the three. Okay. So if I'm living in Continental Ranch or Continental Reserve, or I own a business down on Ina and Silverbell, am I getting a tax through a CFD? In those areas, you would not. Okay. And so, so why then, why am, if I'm living in Gladden Farms or if I'm living in Saguaro Bloom, why am I subject to the CFD and these other communities are not? And Dove Mountain, too. I mean, they're not under a CFD, right? Um, actually, Dove Mountain was the first two CFDs that were established that have then been repealed by the district board. The first two in the town were actually in the Dove Mountain area. Okay. So Red Hawk Community Facilities District, I think is called number one and number two. Um, existed in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, once all of the debt associated with that district was paid off, the board, which was a separate board, dissolved it. So it no longer exists, but those were the first two. So they're no longer getting a CFD, a, a tax on their tax bill uh, in Dove Mountain. Correct. But the people in in Gladden Farms 1, Gladden Farms 2, and Saguaro Bloom, they still are. They do. Okay. That is correct. So they see that on their tax bill, and so one of the questions here is, how is that established? Who, who decides what that tax is going to be? And who's the beneficiary? So community facilities districts uh, begin with the actual developer, the first purchaser of the land. And as they look to develop a community, one of the avenues or angles that they may look into is the possibility of a community facilities district um, or before any homeowners are even involved. They would submit 
you know, they would follow the town policy, submit an application, and form that district before the first homeowner even moves to the community. And as part of that, there's an election that's held, and the election is decided by the property owners, which is traditionally one or very few landowners, and that's how the district is formed early in the life cycle, way before it's even platted often, um, and definitely well in advance of a homeowner moving into that development for the first time. Okay, and so who is it that, that's establishing how much, how was that determined? Actually, let me take a step back. So what kinds of things are being paid for in a CFD? Right. So if I, I'm, I'm living in Gladden Farms, what is my money going to pay for? And, and um, why isn't the town just flipping the bill for those things? Great question. So in the case of Gladden Farms, um, council established a policy, a community facilities district policy, and that's the policy document that staff follows to ensure that any application that is submitted for CFD, in the case of Gladden, when it was submitted, to ensure that the individuals that reside within that community are getting adequate benefit for the burden that's going to be placed on them for paying that debt. So in the case of Gladden Farms Community Facilities District, they got what we call enhanced public infrastructure. Examples of that would include the enhanced landscaping and connectivity of the park systems and walking trails that tie into the Gladden Community Park, as well as the design and construction of the original phase of the Gladden Park itself was funded um, out of the Community Facilities District dollars. And that's one of the key tenets of the town's or the council's policy is to ensure that individuals that reside within those communities are getting adequate benefit in, in exchange for what they're being asked to pay in the CFD tax. Okay, so it's paying for those great walking paths and, and great park-like setting all around the exterior of the uh, of the neighborhoods. It's paying for parks. Is it is it paying for any roads or water sewer infrastructure or anything like that? Those are all eligible. In the case of Gladden, there are some road elements, water and sewer elements for main spine infrastructure, not actual connections to individual homes. Okay. So who actually then decides how much it's going to be? Is that based on the dollar amount that's being spent, that's being invested in order to get the community up and running? And then it's split out uh, based on number of people, number of houses. How, how is that calculated? So in the case of the um, Community Facilities District policy, it sets forth what we call a target tax rate. And council, um, as part of that policy, set we would like to have a target for general obligation bonds that would be levied in a district to not exceed $2.50 per $100 of assessed valuation. And that is a target. So staff, as these community facilities districts exist and as financings occur, we work to ensure that we comply to the best of our ability that we don't exceed that tax rate. Well, what does that tax rate mean to a homeowner? Mm -hmm. For a residential home in a district right now, it could be somewhere between six and eight hundred dollars a year equivalent is what the target tax rate is. Are you interested in a career in law enforcement or simply want to know more about policing? Attend the Morana Citizens Police Academy every spring and fall. This 13-week academy is taught by employees and officers and showcases several units within the department, including crime scene, canines, and SWAT. 
For more information, visit www.moranaaz.gov mpd. Let's go to the movies. Marana Parks and Recreation presents the free Movies in Marana series on scheduled Saturdays between April and October. Movies start at sundown. Food vendors will be on site. Don't forget to bring chairs and a blanket. Visit moranaaz.gov slash movies for the complete schedule. Hi, I'm Frank, and I'm a Marana resident. It's time to reactivate your social and fitness lifestyle. The Marana Senior Program offers a variety of services and recreation opportunities for active adults ages 50 plus. Member benefits include access to exercise classes, a fitness center that's really equipped, parties, and much more. Get a five-day free pass of activities to use within a 30-day span. Visit moranaaz.gov backslash teen senior for more information. Okay, and who who actually receives that money, and and where does the money then go to? So, in the case of debt that is issued to finance some of this public infrastructure, the parks, some of the roads and sewer systems, what the the, the proceeds from the sale of those bonds is used to basically buy or reimburse the developer for that the cost of that public infrastructure for the, for that amount that we've agreed to, and that's what is actually financed. The money that is collected by the district from the individual homeowners, their annual payment or semi-annual payments for taxes, that is going to pay for the debt service that was, um, that was incurred to reimburse the developer for some of that infrastructure, mostly. And then there is a small portion for operations and maintenance of the district, which is at $0.30 cents per $100 of assessed valuation and some costs associated with the district. So that six to $800 a year, roughly, it would be paying for debt service, mostly, and a little bit of operations and maintenance of the district. Okay. Do residents get a say in this? Do they get to vote on, on their taxes um, when, when this thing is established? Because it sounds like it's, it's done before residents even move in. So it doesn't sound like residents are really um, involved in the process. Is that is that accurate? By the time the homeowner moves into that community, the district has already been established. And what governs what the tax rate is, is going to be that policy document that I referenced earlier, where staff will look to establish or maintain a target tax rate. Okay, so can this tax go up? Can it go down? Will it ever go away? Great questions. So um, state statute governs how much what that tax rate can be. Um, We can only levy an amount that's sufficient to pay or service that debt. And there's some rules that we won't necessarily need to get into. So it is capped. At we can only levy the amount that's required to service that debt. As far as um, how long it could be, um, community facilities districts are long-lived entities. And in fact, when we say it's a special purpose entity, it is a legally separate entity. It is not the town of Marana. Um, it is a legally separate entity, separate from the town itself. And it, serv- it needs to service that debt. When I say long-lived, a community facilities district will live at least as long as there is outstanding debt in place, right? So in the case of Red Hawk that I mentioned earlier, once they completed and serviced all that debt, they dissolved the community facilities district. That can happen. They could have also opted to keep this community facilities district in place and then only charge the operations and maintenance uh, portion and theoretically, it could be indefinitely. Um, but in many cases, what we've seen 
um, is that they're often dissolved after there's no outstanding debt. Um, as far as how long they can live, these items can live based on what's going to drive how long they live is that the, the term of the outstanding debt. So if, if the financing is 15, 20, 25 years, then a community facilities district will likely be around for at least that long, but it could be longer. Okay. So it sounds like, you, know, you may, I think you made a really uh, interesting point there, that this is a completely separate entity. It's not the town. And so quite often I've heard, and I heard this way back, you know, before I even started working for the town, I would hear, you know, the politicians say, Marana doesn't have a property tax, Right. Marana doesn't have a property tax. And I guess that's true to the purest form of the point, perhaps. Yeah, uh, you know, the Continental Ranch, Continental Reserve, Dove Mountain folks uh, certainly don't have any additional property tax. They pay their county property tax, but that doesn't come to the town of Marana. Uh, the, the tax on their house goes to the county. Um, and Marana, I guess, per se doesn't have a property tax, but those living in a community facilities district still feel like there's an additional tax on them. Is that, is that fair? That, that is fair. And that's actually a common question that we get. Um, in accounting and finance field, there's something called in fact and in appearance when it comes to certain rules in, in an application. And in fact, the town of Marana does not have a property tax. But in appearance, <laughs> or what it feels like, is it feels like we may have a property tax. Um, and part of that is because what's most common is that the district board is the town council sitting as the district board. But as a matter of law, um, it is a completely separate entity, a legally separate entity, standing alone by itself. So... This CFD uh, concept and this uh, C is, is this is established by state law, right? Correct. So roughly 1988 um, state statute uh, was passed to allow them to occur. Um, and it followed what was called Mellow Roos, uh, basically out of California. So California was largely, it's largely agreed that California was one of the first entities or first state to allow these type of types of districts. And in 88, um, law was passed in Arizona to allow it. So we're not the only community then utilizing this. Other communities around here in Pima County and throughout the state utilize CFDs? Correct. There are a number, at this particular point, there are a number of CFDs. Um, there are a handful in Pima County. Uh, the lion's share, most of the community facilities districts are in Maricopa County. Um, and they're significant uh, their presence is even more significant in growing communities like a Surprise or a Buckeye or Goodyear. Um, you'll see them, you know, more often. And Marana being one of those growing communities, I guess it kind of makes sense that we're experiencing those. Will we see more of those in, in the newer developments that are popping up? Do you anticipate that we'll uh, see some of these in, in some of the other uh, communities uh, that may be sprouting up around the town? It's highly likely. It's most likely that we'll see, you know, more community facilities districts in the future. Um, one of the, the reasons about, you know, well, why does it exist? We talked about it. It's to reimburse public infrastructure. Um, community facilities districts in of itself from like the act, the actual law that allows it, um, it can be a very useful tool for a community uh, to allow or to facilitate development within a community and, and one within a growing community. And the example that I would give 
is the Gladden Farms Community Facilities District that we referenced earlier. Mm -hmm. That was one of the earlier districts for the town. That allowed development in a location and at a time where it might not have otherwise occurred. And as it's close to our what was our old historical downtown uh, district that we're looking to revitalize, we didn't have a lot of housing around here. Mm -hmm. We had a great government complex. We had great services. We had great school districts, but we didn't have a lot of people living up here mm -hmm. in Northern Marana. Uh, this facilities district really allowed from the reimbursement mechanisms and how to pay for some of that public infrastructure was the heavy lift to get that first development in really allowed Gladden to come uh, to build within our community. And it has been a thriving and very successful uh, development within our community. In fact, other developments that we're seeing increased interest that are building around and within it. And it's getting some of the uh, synergy or velocity from a development activity to where we are seeing a lot more people move to the northern portion of our community now. And a facilities district, in my opinion, allowed that to happen when otherwise it might not have occurred because of the heavy lift of all the infrastructure where there wasn't one or any at the time. Well, I think that's that's an incredible point because when you think about um, Aladdin Farms simply not being here, were it not for the you know the CFD, it probably would not be here. Uh, that would be just a horrible thing for our community because that's uh, certainly a a star in the town of Miranda, the Gladden Farms community, and uh, lots of wonderful people live there and uh, lots of things uh, sprouting up around there with uh, schools and businesses. And uh, so, uh, yeah, good for the CFDs and for the folks that uh, were involved in forming those. So, Eric, I don't know that I have any other questions uh, for you. And I'm, I uh, looked at uh, all the questions that came in from this resident, and I think that we got through all of them. But I'm curious from your standpoint if there's anything additional that uh, you think our residents, our listeners would want to know about relative to CFDs. Yeah, the one thing that I can think of is, and a common question that we get is, um, how do I know if I am living in one? currently, or how do I know if I'm looking at a home where I'm looking for to buy a new home? How do I know if it is within this special district or not? And what I would want to share with you and to the listeners is that you can go on the town's website. So under the finance webpage, there's a special districts tab. And within that special districts tab, you can actually put in the property address of that home. And it'll let you know basic information about the parcel, um, owner, basic information on utility providers, water, sewer, power. But towards the bottom of that information graphic, it'll let you know whether that home is within a special district or not. And that is one way uh, for a homeowner or if somebody is a realtor or somebody interested in, in our community and wants to know whether one is in the district or not, you can utilize that webpage. And I'd want to share that uh, with the public so they can access and utilize that tool. We find it to be very helpful. Excellent information. Transparency is important. And Eric Montague, I thank you for being with us today. Explaining this whole thing about CFTs, it is a bit confusing. I can understand why some of our listeners and this listener uh, specifically who wrote in uh, to ask this question, why they were confused and how they could be confused. And hopefully the information we've been able to provide here today uh, will really help in that regard in uh, uh, gaining some understanding about how these CFDs work, why they're in place, who is the beneficiaries, and uh, 
just where where they uh, are within our community and where you go to find out if you're in a CFD yourselves. So uh, thank you so much, uh, Eric, for being with us today. And thank you, listeners, for joining us once again. Until next time. Submit your questions by visiting MiranaAZ.gov slash Realtalk, and we'll answer them right here. To receive notifications for new releases, remember to click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please follow the town on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on current news and events.